With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Uh, all right, so that's a good segue. Let's get into the Texans. Um, yesterday, uh, they lose 24-16 to to the New York Giants. This game, John, looked a lot like every other game the Texans have lost this year where they, it's clear who the better team is out there. Somehow the Texans are sort of hanging around in this thing. The other team doesn't feel like they're really emptying the chamber when it comes to their playbook. They're just kind of running right at the Texans' defense and getting a bunch of yards, and then ultimately the Texans shoot themselves in the foot, and the other team comes away with a victory. Um, before we get into four stocks up and four stocks down, what are your general thoughts on yesterday's game? When a team runs the ball a lot and don't have long touchdown runs, the games are going to be close. And that's what everybody does to the Texans. Nobody's coming out, throwing it all over the place. And so that's why they played so many games in which they ran them in the fourth quarter, including this one. You can't go one of six in the red zone. You can't have two turnovers in the red zone. Technically, one wasn't in the red zone. It was a terrible decision by Mills to throw for the end zone from the 29 after they'd been on the 14. And uh, I felt bad for Mills having a touchdown call back because Kenyon Green holding and knowing that Dexter Lawrence was going to be in his lap because the inside guys couldn't handle him just as they hadn't been able to handle the really good defensive tackles they faced the last uh, three weeks now. And, but, for Mills and Pep Hamilton to be so pathetic in the first half, mm-hmm. and I was tweeting like crazy, bench Mills and put in Kyle Allen. They didn't, and Mills threw for 284 yards in the second half, and it wasn't mop-up duty in which they were hopelessly behind. But for some reason, Pep Hamilton had him start throwing the ball down the field. I'm thinking, why the heck didn't you do this in the first half? It's a, they are woefully inconsistent They can't put together an entire game, and they fold in the fourth quarter. And I think that all the things we're talking about, Sean, because they don't have a lot of talent. You know, they're the worst team in the NFL. They need a lot of help at a lot of positions. Maybe we should be praising them for being within games in the fourth quarter. But if you're a Texans fan, it is maddeningly, maddeningly, uh, frustrating to see a team do the same thing every week. Every week. It's every week. It's the same exact thing. It'll be the same thing this weekend against Washington. I can almost guarantee you that'll be the case. Washington coming to town. All right, John, let's do four stocks up, four stocks down after this game. Let's see if we can find a few bright spots and make sure we highlight the spots that need improvement with the Texans. You are up first. Stock up. Jerry Hughes, who is being wasted at his age, had another sack. He's got eight. His career high is 10. He should shatter it. 
could two tackles for loss, one sack, had another tackle for no gain, is playing his butt off, and he's doing it without Jonathan Grenard. For the second year in a row, Grenard's had an injury-plagued season, and usually if one guy, Jerry Hughes' age, is doing this, he's got somebody on the opposite side offsetting the attention he's getting, and he's moving back and forth and playing as well as he can, and I think people ought to take their hats off for Jerry Hughes in his homecoming to Houston. No, he's been great. I just wish it was Grenard who was doing what Hughes is doing. You know what I mean? Like I, To me, John, my whole thing is if people are performing or overperforming or doing well on this team, I want them to be guys who I feel like are going to be here in three or four years at least. And Jerry Hughes, is, Jerry Hughes might be one and done. He might be gone um, after this year. Who knows? What did he sign? Did he sign a two-year deal here or a one-year deal? No, I think he signed for more than one year. I think he did too. Um you know, it's been a good signing by Nick, no doubt. And Jerry Hughes has been really good. I just wish it was a player who was, you feel like was going to be a foundational piece moving forward. Um, but yes, credit to Jerry Hughes. He was really good again yesterday. Eight sacks on the season. And so he's on pace for well over 10. He Johnny's on pace, as Seth Payne pointed out on the pregame yesterday, he's on pace to become the only Texan not named J.J. Watt to get 15 sacks in a season. Well, that'd be great if he was able to do it. I'd just like to see him be able to break his career out of 10, yep. which he's done two times. All right. My first stock up is um, Christian Harris uh, yesterday. It was not a good day for the Texans' rookie class overall, and I will say that'll probably show up, I would imagine, in stock down in just a few minutes. Um, but Christian Harris, his third game, played 100% of the snaps, John, yesterday. Two players played 100% of the snaps defensively. Christian Kirksey which has been the norm all year, and then Christian Harris, who's only in his third game as a professional football player with no training camp, having nursed a hamstring injury for the last three months. And I thought he played well. I got to rewatch the game today, um, but I thought he was around the football a lot. He was making plays. He had nine tackles on the game, which is not always the end-all and be-all, but I feel like when an inside linebacker gets nine tackles, that's different to me than Jonathan Owens getting 12 tackles. Um, you know, because half of Jonathan Owens tackles are him pushing wide receivers out of bounds 30 yards down the field. Um, but I thought Christian Harris, from what I saw in the, you know, the first run at watching the game, I thought he acquitted himself pretty well yesterday. I thought there's a reason they drafted him when he was drafted, other than the fact he was the fastest linebacker coming into the NFL, running a 4-4-4 at the combine, and he is perfect for what Lovey Smith wants in his defense, a linebacker who can run, he can cover, he can make tackles, and I can't wait to see him over the rest of the season. When you look at, at positives about this team, there's a lot of young players to be positive about, and he's one of them. Absolutely. All right. What's your next stock up, John? Damian Pierce. We do this with him every game. He had the bad fumble. First one he's lost. It was critical. I never thought they were going to win this game anyway, but man, those two turnovers when he and Mills had him were just crucial, but he had the 44 yard run. Uh, he didn't get the ball as much in the second half because they went to the passing game, but uh, he's the best thing they got going from start to finish on their offense. Yeah, I, you know what, John? It's funny you say that. They went to the passing game, and I, I agree that it wasn't garbage time passing yards for Mills, although I will say the Giants were, I think, probably playing a little softer on defense just to kind of you know, get out of there with a win. I, they knew they could run the ball on the Texans once they got the ball offensively. Um, I would like to see them start throwing the ball more the way they were in the second half, go with a little tempo, attack downfield, not just because I think 
it would be more fun to watch, but because I think it would take some of the load off of Damian Pierce. I like that he only touched the ball 17 times yesterday. I don't need to see him touching the ball 30 times for a team that's going to be picking first overall in the draft. It's a complete waste of his odometer. Um, I'm not saying he shouldn't play or he should split carries with anybody, mostly because there's nobody on this team worth splitting carries with, which is another failure that we can talk about down the road. Um, but uh, yes, I, I, um, Pierce was Pierce was good again yesterday. He he's the one really watchable thing on this team um, right now. My other stock up, John, is uh, Jordan Akins. Another big play yesterday. You know, it feels like since he came back uh, to this team, it feels like every week he's making at least one important play in in each game. Whether it's getting a key first down or yesterday it was a catch and run. It was a tight end screen that he's he was able to get into the open field and make a uh, break a couple tackles. Um, I don't know what O.J. Howard was doing on that play. If you remember watching that play, it's like O.J. Howard is like waving him in like a third base coach. It was terrible. Dude, block a guy. Like, you just go block somebody. What are you doing? But Jordan Aikens, three catches for 72 yards in the biggest play of the of the afternoon for the Texans. He's been really good. And he at this point, he's relegated Brevin Jordan to the bench. Brevin Jordan was a healthy scratch yesterday for the Texans. I think that they need to make an effort. Pep Hamilton needs to make an effort to try to get the ball to him six or seven times a game. He's more dynamic than Brandon Cooks, who came back in this game and had a 25-yard catch but didn't just squat on his other catches. And uh, uh, and let's be honest, Nico Collins had his first touchdown, but, man, he doesn't run like Aikens runs when he no. gets that ball. It was a short pass that he turned into a 46-yard gain. He was the only tight end with a catch. They need to get the ball to him more. I would agree, and they need to bring him back after this season because he seems to have found a little something. I, they, they need to – it's really weird on this second act that he's having with the Texans. Ironically, he played against yesterday against the team that he had signed with during the offseason, the New York Giants. That was a little wrinkle. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, let's get to uh, stock down, John. Four stock down. Shouldn't be hard to find a few of these from the Texans' loss yesterday. What's your first one? Jalen Petrie. Jalen Petrie, who was not known for missing tackles at Baylor the last two years, has missed tackles. And he missed a tackle on Slayton. They could have stopped him for... It was third down. He could have stopped him short, and they would have had to punt. Instead, he missed a tackle, and Slayton just went tearing down the sideline for a touchdown. And way too easy for the Giants when you don't make your tackles. Yeah, John, I and I, I respect that, John, that you brought up your former Baylor Bear first. That uh, you know you you don't ignore the uh, his green and gold that he bleeds, Jalen Petrie. Um, you, John, you watched, you watched every snap of Jalen Petrie in college. This tackling is really out of character. The bad tackling is really out of character for him, right? Like, it wasn't just – at Baylor, he wasn't just a guy who had good ball skills and was around the ball. He was a really reliable tackler as well. 
Gay was noted for his tackling, whether yeah. it was in the backfield, line of scrimmage. The ones he's missed have been in open field. You don't see guys coming up the middle and running by him. It's almost like the angles he takes. Yeah. But the, he, he took a bad angle. He still got his hands on him. If he'd taken a little better angle, it could have hit him at on. Yep, absolutely. All right, mine, I'm going to stick with the rookie class, John. It was a rough one for Kenyon Green yesterday. out. As you pointed out, it's been his dance card has been loaded with really good defensive interior defensive linemen the last month or so. Um, Jeffrey Simmons two weeks ago, uh, the Thursday night game against Fletcher Cox, Dexter Lawrence, and this is saying something because I know at the very least Simmons had a great game against Kenyon Green. Um, Dexter Lawrence ruined Kenyon Green yesterday. I mean, he ruined the game for the for the Texans. Like he he was he was a destroyer of worlds. Uh, Dexter Lawrence was. Kenyon Green had two holding penalties that were declined by the Giants and then a third holding penalty that nullified a touchdown. And then on the very next play, on second and 25, he's the one that allowed the pressure that forced Davis Mills to get rid of the ball under heat and that led to the interception. Um, Kenyon Green is going to want to burn the film from that one yesterday, John. I'm wondering, you know, you'd think he'd be getting better. And all these guys he's going up with, Javon Hargrave the week before had three sacks. And in Quisenberry, the center, Scott's supposed to help uh, help out. Did you see those big guys running by him? Center is a major need in the offseason. And Green should be getting better, and maybe he will against Washington. Yep, we'll see. All right, what's your next stock down, John? Uh, my next one is the first half, a combination with Davis Mills and Pep Hamilton. Awful play calling, awful game plan, and everything. Mills threw for 35 yards. Yeah. And then in the second half, they totally turned it around. So I thought those two, as opposed to the Philadelphia game, where they were great in the first half. It was 14, 14 at halftime. And then they were terrible in the second half. So they just can't get it together. And they deserve a stock down for their first half performance when the Texans had three points. Yep. I'll I'll add to that with my second and final stock down, which is I'll throw Lovey Smith, defensive coordinator Lovey Smith, into the mix. Um and, and John, I just I, I can't imagine these eight games coming up of having to watch this offense and this defense. And I don't mind talking about the quality of the players. I'm talking about what they do. You know, the 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 whether it's Mills or Hamilton, their inability to attack down the field, at least when the game is still kind of in question in the first half, they weren't good. And this Lovey Smith defense, John, you drafted a cornerback from an SEC school with the third overall pick. And Derek Stingley's dropping 20 yards into a zone and giving huge cushions and I'm watching highlights of Sauce Gardner manning guys up and bumping guys at the line of scrimmage. I, I don't know, man. This defense, it's just not fun to watch. It's its painful. And I'm not even talking about the their inability to stop the run. John, when these quarterbacks drop back to pass, guys are running wide ass open. Like I like wide open. Like I you hear all these scouting reports on quarterbacks, like they're coming out of college, and they're like, well, you know. I like what Bryce Young does, but what's going to happen when he has to throw into tight windows in the NFL? And I'm going, well, these guys obviously haven't watched the Texans because there's no tight windows that any of these opposing quarterbacks are having to throw into. These guys are running with nobody within 10 yards of them, and it was horrible yesterday. And even just really it's more of a Stingley thing for me. Like this feels like such a waste of a third overall pick watching Derek Stingley play in this defense right now. It's, it's really infuriating to me. 
and those receivers running wide open are rejects from other teams. Yes. Their leading receiver, Saquon Barkley, and the Texans are letting those guys get open, and those guys are lucky not to be on practice squad. Yeah, John, if they fire everybody after the season, I'm cool with that. Like, fire if they fire Lovey, if they fire Pep, if they keep Frank Ross. The special teams have been really good. Keep him and let him coach the special teams. But I, I just stylistically, I can't watch it, man. It's 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 brutal. It's absolutely brutal. It's not a fun watch. I can, I can watch a one seven and one team if they're doing some things that are fun to watch. This team does zero other than Damian Pierce, who's going to be in a walker at the end of the year because of how many times he gets hit. Other than Damian Pierce, there is nothing fun to watch about this team right now. The only thing there is something fun to watch as they continue to roll toward the first pick in the draft and having a choice of any player in college football. And I'm guessing that'll be a quarterback unless Davis Mills does something extraordinary, which ain't going to happen with Pep Hamilton calling the plays that would tell Mick Nicosario, well, let's ride with him one more year and let's go after a guy like Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, a great tackle or a great pass rusher, and then take a receiver with the next pick. And I don't think that'll happen, of course, because you got to get a quarterback when you think you have to get a quarterback. And we did. You brought up Frank Ross. Special teams continue to excel. Cam Johnston had a 45.4-yard net. Kaimi Fairbairn, three field goals. He also had no kickoffs returned. They had uh, Tremont Smith and Desmond King had two good returns. So special teams played really well again. If this is who Mills is, John, if this is who he is the last eight games of the year, if he's the same guy the last eight games that he was the first nine games and he's back as a starting quarterback next year, then I I would have no problem with people saying, I can't watch this anymore. Like people just canceling. You can't trot Davis Mills out there next year. Now, maybe you don't use a pick on a quarterback, but man, go get somebody that makes it watchable. Like I, I would take Jimmy Garoppolo for a year over watching Davis Mills again. This sucks watching Davis Mills. It's terrible. And I still blame it on Pep Hamilton because the Mills we've seen every game is not the Mills we saw over the last five games of last season. Yeah. I said I I said that only if he does something remarkable yeah. over the rest of the season, which isn't gonna happen. But that's not gonna be they gotta get a quarterback, whether it's Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. They're gonna be the first two picks, just depending on what's your cup of tea when it comes to a quarterback. Yeah, the th- I mean the thing is the two go hand in hand. If he does something remarkable, they're probably not picking first if he's who he is now they're picking first so the good news is chances are the two are kind of inextricably linked uh where they pick in the draft in mill's future all right so there's your four stock up four stock down a reminder we have a mailbag hou mailbag at gmail.com send those in we're going to do that tomorrow hou mailbag at gmail.com